Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss the Tour de Flanders, the best and worst in cycling for the week of Monday, April 6th, and we will answer one good question about the best bike races in the world. My name is Tim Hayes, and I am in Gainesville, Florida, where I'm a co-owner of Swift Cycle. You can find me on Twitter at the Super Rookie. I'm joined in Boston, Massachusetts, making his 2014 cycling debut Spencer Howe. Find him on Twitter. It's at Spencer Howe, H-A-U-G-H. How was that bike race today, Spencer? Uh, it was pretty epic. Pretty epic. Did you, I don't uh, want to talk about it. All right. Well, but you got out there and raced, which is uh, very exciting. Um, maybe Better luck next time, maybe. Well, as long as my bars don't slip, everything will be fine. Yeah. That's good to hear. And we have Matt, the little guy, Allen in Minneapolis, our favorite bicycle messenger. You can find him Hi. on Twitter at little guy Matt. What are you up to today? How's the weather? Uh, it's really nice. It's 59 or 60 or something like that. So it's really nice. I, uh, I went for a ride. It was great. Rode the road bike. Feels weird. So let's go right away into the best. Um, today was Tour de Flanders and one of the most popular one-day bike races. So um fairly certain that we're going to be talking a fair amount about that it is a what how long is it like a hundred like 210 kilometers long it's 260 260 it's a six and a half hour race today it was won by fabian Consolara, the swiss gladiator if you will just real strong guy for trek factory racing none of us picked him for the win last week i however did say that no trek factory racing team rider would have made the podium so as usual my expert picks come through and uh <laughs> i think we should uh, just kind of get into it i for me all of my ba- like i had a running list on what the bests were and like well, so much wait, awesome. wait, wait. so so my pick was devolder who, who didn't show up your pick was christoph well no, it depends on is what that, is that it was right? bonin yeah. it was bonin was it Boonin? Yeah, okay. it was Bonin. I Christoph for Roubaix. So you and then little guy picked Seb Van Mark, who ended up finishing Sep. on the podium. So he yeah, he actually the wins the internal challenge here. Yeah, yeah. So little guy is the victor. Okay. Yeah. I just want to you know get that on the record. Little guy does deserve credit. Um, I'm gonna. I do want to say a point to note that the two riders that I were like, oh, we should watch out for those guys. Gregory Rass didn't finish, dropped out after yeah. um, crashing with Devolder. And then my boy uh, Marillo Fisher was the guy that was in the ditch. I don't know if you remember watching during the race, and there's just like some guys lying in the ditch, and they're like, "Oh, there's Marillo Fisher," and I was like, "Oh, Brazilian," and then we never saw him yeah. again. So it was it was pretty great. It's not often in a road race you get to take a dirt nap. So yeah. So it's true. Best oh, of the I week. Can't. Couple of things. The best of the week for me. The fans with the spare wheels on the side of the road is the coolest thing in bike racing right now. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I would love to show up with my spare Durace 
hub wheel laced to a Mavic open mm. open program and give it to a rider and then get to go to the um you know the after party or something to get my wheels back and maybe I get invited on the team bus or something. So I I really uh, like the fans with spare wheels. Are you are you yeah. sure they're doing that or you think they're trading up? They got some 105, some 36, <laughs> 36 hole like beat up. They're like ah oh, this guy's gonna have a flat in his carbon you know tubular. I'm gonna walk away with this thing. You know. Uh, I- I didn't even think about that. So you think it's a, it's kind of like a, a, a bike swap, where you try it's and a, trade up by the end of the day, but you're just. It's taking like a advantage. pyramid scheme. <laughs> All right. Um, I thought that the the course was fantastic with the constant action and the the final flat section today. It was great. It looked like a um, shark teeth just up and down on all the different bergs. And the other thing of note that was really cool are those brown shoulders on the AG2R kits. <laughs> Because they're very easy to see, especially when the video is from a motorbike in the front looking backwards. Um, so I could see my our uh, our AG2R Brown team uh, attacking off the front. It was great. So overall, lots of great things. But fans with spare wheels is the greatest thing in bike in bikes this week. Hmm. Okay, I'll give you that. It was decent. Dang. So, so what do you got, little guy? And Oh, the best thing? Yeah. I don't know. I guess, um, you know, I guess that Seth got on the podium and that I was the most right <laughs> while still being wrong. The um, best thing that happened in cycling this week is that I was sort of right. <laughs> but, well, That's you know, awesome. I wanted I wanted Seth to have a good race. and He had a great did. race. It was great to see uh, Mr. Second Place, Greg Van Evermet, in second place. Yep. as usual but it was just I really like the way he lit up the race and wasn't afraid even though I'm sure you know all the whoever the hell's in charge at BMC told him to just wait all day and they'd work for somebody else he said screw it and just went off the front yeah. so Seth, just another Seth reason you should lead that team at every single race and Seth, that, Seth, yeah. Seth seemed like it maybe he lost his temper there at the end for a minute and, uh, I think and then Seth he got, was got himself mad. kind of boxed in you, you see his tweet that no. he had he wrote he he just you should look it up but it's he basically says yes and then he curses like five times back and forth and says he can't decide um how he feels so, i think awesome. he's pretty excited about third and also really upset about the third so and, i can totally understand why he was your pick for you know just not knowing what how you feel on things that's pretty good it's brutal <laughs> you know it, it's tough yeah. for anybody at any level to like get a good result but to know that a better result was like right there and maybe you made a tiny mistake you know and you still did great but like like, it's super conflicting you know i don't know i mean if i got on second place even in a cat 5 crit i would be pretty stoked but if you lost the win just because you uh, you know you misshifted or something you know you did something dumb and you were like man it was right there like how do you balance that oh yeah i I hear you that's a lot i mean all year is probably this is this and obviously Roubaix, but this was his peak, yeah. you know, the whole yeah. season. And you're like ten feet well, from from like the ultimate pinnacle of your goal, you know, and you're just you're almost there. But, better yeah. luck next time. I I do want to yeah. say that I like his uh, that he didn't go with the arrow helmet, which was nice. Yeah. The Belkin arrow helmet is one of the most hideous in the uh, in the peloton. It's not the most hideous, and I'll get to that later, but it's it's pretty bad. So he just had the regular arrow helmet. So maybe if he had the arrow helmet, he would have won. Um, I don't oh, know, yeah, probably. But... That's a good point. Yeah. What do you uh, what, What's your best of the week, Spencer? 
Uh, my best of the week actually has nothing to do with the Tour of Flanders, um, right, well, unfortunately. We'll talk to you later. Uh, thanks for joining us on the <laughs> Slow Ride podcast. We'll be back next week. No, the uh, the Tour of Flanders was great. Um, but uh, my, my best of the week uh, transcends that. Uh, it, uh, it involves some controversy, um, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. Um, so I don't know if you guys noticed the, uh, the internet explosion a few days ago, um, that happened over a, uh, a brand on social media kind of, uh, taking a dig at, uh, oh, yeah. at a local, local hero here in new England. And I think probably everybody's at least seen or heard of, um, uh, for being overweight, you know, they, uh, they tried to say, Oh, would you rather be this guy? And they, put some cool mountain bike dude wearing a backpack like <laughs> who looked like some weird hipster in the woods like it was this it was strange hipster or would you the- want to be this guy and they put you know a picture of Ernest who has uh, you know been written about in all kinds of uh, publications and has a huge following and has really been working for a long time to turn his uh, health around um, and uh, you know it was it was interesting people just destroyed them uh on on social media their facebook page had hundreds and hundreds of comments of people just tearing them a new one and uh it was it was such a poor choice for them to make but like such an awesome response from the uh from the cycling community uh you know hey that's that's what we're all about you know like uh there's not many of us and it's just silly when when companies think that that's okay you know they just pick yeah. apart you know like oh this guy's cool and this guy's not you know like well the fat I shaming i mean it was yeah. horrible well even even i don't even know who this hipster mountain bike guy they had was or whatever like maybe he rides all the time but like i've you know i've seen Ernest out racing at races i've been at and you know he's i mean he's not gonna win you know but, but like he's out there and he's actually part of so, the scene and involved in the scene and it looked like a company that just had no no clue yeah and I saw the aftermath with their posts and, you know, it was classic apology. I thought of all the apologies I've seen over this one was seemed like the most legit. And um, I really liked how Cosmo Catalano of uh, Cyclosm uh, really called him out and just told him to grow up, <laughs> you know, grow yeah. the F up. And it was very blatant. So yeah. I, I see. I am in a totally different uh world i heard none of this this week well that we're gonna go take off we'll be right back with the worst of the week All right, we're back with the worst of the week, and I, once again, will be on the vanguard taking the lead here. I have had it with, like, I've accepted that aero helmets are probably here to stay. I like the advertising ability to put graphics on the aero helmets and all that. Like, okay, I've accepted that. I really like Paolini's helmet, you know, for Katusha, how they're doing different designs. But holy crap, that specialized aero helmet that the uh, Tinkoff guys are using, and then the... uh, Opt, uh, Optum Hell, or I don't even know that Tom Boonin's wearing. It's got that. It, I mean, it looks like a TT helmet with the the tail that comes off the back. It is the ugliest thing around. Every other Hero helmet I'll accept, but that thing is should be 
UCI outlawed. It's probably the you, most arrow. Who cares, little guy? Oh, I agree. I'm just saying it's it's funny that it's probably the the one that's the best arrow dynamically. But those tails know, are man. probably sharp, man. Those could probably like poke somebody in a crash. I I, I think the bobblehead, the the golf ball head ones are the worst. You know, like the uh, the, the Belkins yeah. and the uh, the Katushas. Uh, yeah, Katusha's are pretty bad. Katusha, I kind of uh, I enjoy that they play with the graphics and do goofy things to it. So you know, I yeah. like if I saw more of that, I uh, I could be more uh, acceptive of them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's worse helmets out there than uh, the specialized. I guess think Garzelli's really bummed that he, he oh yeah died during the Arrow helmet period because he was he's always really sad in his helmets. And like, think of all the all the things he could have done with all that plastic you know just his he, airbrush yeah he, he he got really screwed you know like he he came in you know he just got maybe the tail end of like the bandana era where he didn't need a helmet and then uh <laughs> and then he got screwed out of the aero helmet with the with the airbrush graphics so you know yeah, he just he really only, got the worst of it yeah he only had the the tt helmet always done up really well but think of it he could have that tiger or, or you know it wasn't he had a he had a bird of prey on his helmet, yep. he could have had that all the time. Spencer, Spencer, do you have a worst of the week, or was it overall just a fantastic week? Uh, it was overall pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty disappointed in uh, in my picks uh, uh, performance there at Flanders. I think he was one of the strongest guys, but uh, he just—it's uh, like he hasn't been racing at the top level for for a while, and it showed. You know, he's just out of position all the time. Stein de Volder. Stein de Volder. Even though he, he kept crashing and getting caught up behind stuff, and uh, he'd drag himself back, you know, because he was he's on form. So I know, uh, but, but he kept getting caught in bad positions, and that was uh, that was a bummer because he really hurt my, uh, you know, my standings in the eyes of all our wonderful listeners. Um, so little guy, what was the worst in the week for you? Um, I guess the my worst was that Sep didn't win. You know, because I, when I saw that lead group form, I I knew at least I had a podium, and then I was a little bit more right than you guys. But I wanted to be all the way right. You know, I wanted to just really be able to rub it in, and so that's that's my biggest disappointment of the week. Uh, that and just generally Crank Brothers believing that they know how to make pedals. So let's talk about this Crank Brothers thing uh, real quick. I want to let you know that the lead engineer on Crank Brothers pedals is from Gainesville, Florida. Um, really? It's a gentleman I've met. He goes to uh, he went to a local high school here. Really nice guy. I think that uh -huh. Crank Brothers. There are some good things with Crank Brothers. I think their design and like the whole message that they have, like everything looks really really cool. Yeah. But you're the only person that I've ever known. Okay, no, you're not no. the only person I've ever no. known that's had problems with Crank Brother pedals. No, they they they're great pedals when they're working. The engagement is awesome. They're super great in cross when it's bunny. Like you can get in them really well when you you'll see other people with other pedals trying to get in and out of them. But the bearing life is pathetic. It's I know that they want to use cartridge bearings because that's what everybody does. But like I mean I've I've got I've got campy quill pedals from the 70s that have probably never been opened up and are fine and they don't implode and fall off mid ride. You know. And these things, like, you go half so, a year, and they just destroy themselves. It's pathetic. So can I just ask, like, a, I mean, you know, I'm I'm a rookie here. I'm kind of not a smart guy sometimes when it comes to cycling. I do, you know, just a, a layman's question here. 
Why the hell yeah. are you still using pedals that you have problems with all the time? Why don't you get a oh, pedal that works like time? It's true. I'm going to. This is it. Today was the uh, today was the end. Oh, um, so problem I'm, solved. I'm really the happy right, to hear this. Thing. The right one was already half rigged together because the the uh, the bolt that attached the spindle to the pedal body had stripped itself out after the first time I took it apart. So um, now the left one died. So that's it. They're done. So. But the this is, is this is I, the problem. I've problem. been advocating for years for this little guy, and I'm I'm overjoyed to hear this. But Spencer, but you know, once once you go with a pedal, you know you got all your you got all your shoes hooked up that way. You know, well, I, this is got, where I need to point out something easy here. To use. That little guy, like you can't make this change. There's still another nine months to the next bike swap in Minnesota where you can get used bike pedals. I know I mean, it's true. It's, it's been tough, man. I've been on eBay and it's, it's slim pickings out there, but, um, I'll find some, you know, I'll, I'll make it happen, but man. it is, it is sad. It's true. But I did just get a new pair of shoes, like my nice new pair of shoes for summer. Uh, like for new, work. new, no, not new, new. I got the exact same 1990s, Shimano shoe, shoes that I've gotten three times in a row now, like in pristine shape. I found it's like it's like the Shimano M30 or something is the model number. It's like gray with a so, little pink. It's my third pair. Um, I got one pair that was 42s, one pair that was 43s, and now I have a pair that's 43 and a half. So I got my biggest pair. So what's the price? What's the price schematic over these three pairs? Like real quick, are they going up in value or are they going down in value? <laughs> They are costing more every time I find a pair. I think I paid about thirty bucks um, for this pair. Um, the first ones, actually—I don't know if you guys ever met Dave. He used to be a courier in Minneapolis, but he actually found them at a thrift store and thought of me and bought them for like five dollars and brought them to work one day and was like, "Hey, would these fit you?" And I was like, "Oh my god!" I flipped out. And um, they're the—they're the greatest shoes, but I crack them because they're you know old and from the '90s and it's just a plastic bottom plate so riding them at work i usually get about six months and then one day one of them will just crack all right well it sounds but it's no fun sounds like you made the worst of the week the best of the week because you found another pair of 1990s shimano shoes for 40 dollars. all right we'll be right back with the one good question We're back at the Slow Ride Podcast. Once again, thanks for joining us. You can always email us also at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. Any type of questions, you need expert advice, we are your go-to fools on all things bikes. Emphasis on fools. Um, so, Tour de Flanders, Paris or Bay next week. Lots of bike racing stuff. Uh, Spencer talked a little bit about the horrible social media skills of a uh, Boombotics or whatever that company is out in San Francisco. But the question I need to ask this week, is Tour de Flanders the greatest bicycle race in the world? I don't Silence. Know. Silence. I don't I don't think you can really pick a best. I feel like oh, no, every no, no, week no, no, no. That, every week in the spring. Every week in the spring I think, oh my god, I'm so excited. 
I'm so excited it's Flanders and then and I'll think this is as good as it gets and then by by the end of this week I'm going to be so excited for Roubaix and then I'll think it's over it and then I'll be so excited for Amstel Gold you know it's just See, it just keeps getting better uh, what are you thinking Spencer are you talking one day races here uh, sure let's quantify it with one day races alright no Flanders is not the greatest Oh, what do you Flan- the Flanders, Flanders is my personal favorite. I I love it. It's I think it's got everything that you need. You know, super steep, sharp climbs, cobbles, road furniture, action, drama, all that stuff. Like everybody's amped for it, and it's perfect. But every year, I you know, kind of how what little guy was saying. Like I get super amped for Flanders, and I think it's the best thing. And then the next week, Roubaix comes, and and it. It is. It's the queen of classics. It's. It just is. It's the best one, bar none, every year, always. Uh, even know. when Stuart O'Grady won, that was even like the worst thing ever. It's not my favorite race of the of the year, but it is the best. It is the greatest one day race uh, that there is. You know why that Stuart one was bad was because we we went for that bike ride and then we all got to the bar and and the coverage was like way ahead of where we thought it would be we missed like 95% of the race that's why yeah. that was the worst one that was I fine just, <laughs> so so Roubaix and then little guy you know is waffling like normal I'm gonna waffle like a politician you know I really like I really like Lombardy just cause it's gorgeous to watch and it's right by my birthday and it's it's always exciting it's the end of the year yeah but it it's just it's rarely it's just so, rarely the best actual racing occurring there I feel like I thought for sure it was Tour de Flanders, and I and I'll stand by that, and I'll and I'll say it because of this, because this was the first time I've watched a bike race today. It, it, I couldn't, I didn't have time to go to the bathroom because there's always like a new climb and all types of constant action with all the climbs. Yeah. Um, there's the whole fan culture, like the dudes showing up with the net of Flanders uh, flag, right? You've got yeah. the all of that, and then. I, for once, didn't think about doping, and if the winner had doped in yeah. the final, like, for a good two or three hours, I was just like, that was an awesome bike race, and it was about the whole, like, feeling of it, and then I was on my ride later, and I was like, oh, man, they're probably all doping, blah, blah, blah. you know, and I was like, oh, man, no, I, like, normally I think of doping, like, in the final 10K, I'm like, oh, which one's on a cycle this week, right, and this time I was just getting really excited because it was awesome i mean the katusha guy almost came over and you put it all uh at, in the final there but you put it all together i think tour de flanders is the greatest one day bicycle race outside of the red hook crit that we discussed last week red you're putting out you're saying red hook is the second best one day race of all time no i'm kidding but i just okay. wanted to see if you guys are still okay. listening because i'm pretty sure i thought we could all agree to rank have you guys all? Yeah, I was gonna say. Have you guys all done the Durand Road Race in Minnesota? Because <laughs> it's pretty good. So yeah, obviously, Durand is the second most important thing um, ever. So after let's get back to uh, what we asked last week. Remember, we asked specifically who we looking at to win Roubaix. It's coming up next next week. And real quick, Paris Roubaix for those that uh, you know, just real simple simpletons that don't understand what Spencer says is the greatest bike race ever. It's Really long, flat, boring, except when they go on cobbled roads. And then usually, hopefully, it's muddy and stems start to break. People start crashing, and then you finish on a velodrome. So it's a big, big deal. I picked 
I wanted to see how Kristoff was doing to go into the uh, the final of Paris Roubaix because that's who I'm thinking is going to win Paris Roubaix. So looked really good for Alexander Kristoff, and I think uh, Katusha is going to bring their A game and give Russia the much needed positive press. Little guy, you had Sep. Do you think he is going to be the man to beat at yeah. Paris Roubaix? I think you know. I kind of think Cancelera is going to be the man to beat, but you know, I I mean, I'm happy with Cancelera winning. He's 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 a great rider, but. Just kind of pulling for Sep to have a breakthrough win here, but um, so I, I think Sep will be there. I'm gonna hope for him to win, but I kind of imagine it's gonna be like last year, and he's gonna just have nightmares about Cancelera eating chocolates <laughs> and stealing his blanket. Spencer, who you you picked Stybar last week uh, to be your Paris Roubaix guy? Do you think he has what it takes to win what you claim is the greatest bike race in the world? Uh, after watching Flanders today and seeing him up there uh, covering moves and being right up in the action, I think I'm going to stick with my pick. I think uh, Roubaix suits him a lot more than Flanders does. Um, I think he can handle the uh, the cobbles more than the climbs um, <clears throat> with his cyclocross skills. And and he's going to bring that, uh, that, that skill to the velodrome and smoke everyone. He'll probably ride away solo, actually, and uh, enter the velodrome gloriously solo and uh instead of zipping up his quick stuff jersey and dusting it off he's gonna unzip it and reveal his world championship stripes that he's wearing underneath and it's gonna be so epic i'm gonna i'm gonna cry do you think the uci will fine him for yes wearing I that think in they the will. wrong event sort of thing and I, I think he'll sign that check and and put it in the mail the next day he will not <laughs> care it's gonna be awesome He'll happily so, do that. If yeah. any of those riders win, Paris Roubaix next week, you can say you heard it here first on the Slow Ride podcast. Thanks for joining us for our Tour de Flanders recap and the best and worst in cycling for the week of April 7th. And we wish you nothing but the best. 